him today.
think about what he has done for me, when you really think about it, when you start concentrating and you think about, gosh, back then he did this, and then he did this, and even though I was stupid here, he kept me. And boy, he poured out a blessing here that I was not expecting. You start feeling this gratitude in your heart, a thankfulness for the things, the good things that God pours out. If you just, if you just live facing him and walking towards him, you're going to be blown away by the good things that God begins to pour through your life. He longs for that relationship with you. And he's a good father. I'm so grateful.
shy on me, lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So come on, my soul. Hold on, you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord.
of his of the Holy Ghost what an awesome presence of the Lord in this place I'm so glad that the Lord is here to meet us this morning are you glad he's here to meet you this morning because he knows exactly what you need and if you open up to him and if you reach out to him he will supply your every need he will it didn't say he might he will supply so whatever it is you need today from the Lord, he is here to meet that need. And as we go before him this morning in prayer, always lift up our pastors. Always pray for brother and sister Rosen. Lift them up. As I always say, when you think about them, I know that God is placing them upon your, your heart for you to pray for them. So pray for them as God always lead you. And let's remember also our missionaries. Let's pray for the tears and also brother Michael Washington. Pray that God will continue to bless and keep them safe and provide their, their needs financially and spiritually. And also, let's uh, continue to pray uh, for Sister Janet Mitchell. Pray for her this, uh, this morning. She is sick. Also, let's pray for the Conway family. Brother Run lost a, lost a hunt, so let's pray for the Conway family that God will bring comfort to them today. Um, also, uh, let's pray that God will give us a mind uh, to reach people. Give us a mind to reach people. We all have the ability. God has given us the ability to reach people. But we want to have a mindset that we can reach people because people need God. And they need to hear the gospel. So let's continue to pray. And also Donald uh, J. Thompson uh, in nursing care in a nursing home and has lost uh, his eyesight and, and hearing and he can't walk. So let's pray him as well today. How many of you need something from the Lord today? Amen. God, I believe as you raise your hand in faith, God is already working on your behalf. This altar is open if you want to come. And we're going to go before the Lord this morning for these requests that I just mentioned. If you want to come up to the altar and be prayed with, you're welcome to do that. Let's pray right now together. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning. We come thanking you, Father. We bless your holy name this morning. We give you praise and we give you glory this morning for all that you are doing in our life and all that you have already done. We know that you are great and you are greatly to be praised. We know that you are God and nothing is impossible with you. 
You said in your word that whatever we ask in your name, you say you'll do it. And we believe it, God, by faith. That as we pray this morning that the things that we ask you, you're going to do it today. We pray for our pastors, Brother and Sister Rosen. We pray, God, that you would bless them with every spiritual blessing. We pray that you would keep them with good health and good strength. We pray, oh God, that you would provide their needs, both spiritual and physically. We pray, God, that you would keep them renewed and revived so that they can pour into our life. And God, this morning we pray for our missionaries. We pray for the tears in Michael Washington. We pray, God, that you will bless them and keep them and protect them. Open doors for them, oh God. Lord God, in the name of Jesus this morning, God, we pray for the sick. We pray for Sister Mitchell. God, we know that you are able to heal every sickness and every disease. We pray for, oh God, we pray for the Donald Thompson. Lord, we know that you are able to touch and heal and deliver. God, we pray this morning that you will help us to have a mindset. God, to reach people for the kingdom of God. God, I know, Lord God, that's your desire. God, I pray this morning that you begin to reach out over this congregation. You see the hands that was raised. You know the need, oh God. I know right now that as, you, as they stretch out and reach out to you, that you are reaching back to touch them, to provide for them, to heal them, to deliver them, to make them whole, to let them know that you love them and you care about them. Oh God, we praise your name today. We honor you because there's nobody like you. There's nobody like you. Oh God, let's praise him right now. Hallelujah. Praise be to the Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Praise God. You know, if God has been good to you even just a little bit, can we just make some noise? Can we just honor him? If he's been good to you just a little bit, can we just thank him? Oh, come on, somebody. I want all the honest people can just rejoice because he's been good. He's been good. He's been good. He has been good. Praise God. Praise God. What a wonderful spirit we have in here this Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. I bring you greetings to all of our guests. On behalf of our pastors, Rick and Alexa Olson, thank you so much uh, for being here. This morning, can you give yourselves a round of applause? Thank you so much for being here at Church of Pentecost. For all of our guests, we would love to an opportunity to meet and to fellowship with you uh, after service. Uh, we have a guest reception uh, booth there in the uh, in the foyer, uh, so please don't be in a rush uh, this morning. We want to spend some time again to know you just a little bit more. Amen. Praise the Lord. I do have a few um, announcements this morning on. Tuesday night, we'll be having our eye care uh, fellowship. And for all of our new folks, eye care is uh, basically a, an opportunity or an event that we have in our Fred Olson Center, which is the brick building here on campus this Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Uh, for all of our new folks that are unfamiliar with the church or they want to
to get in and kind of know who we are and spend some time and have a little, uh, some light refreshments uh, with us on Tuesday night. It's always a fantastic uh, time of, uh, you know, maybe uh, outside of the uh, service parameters, we can kind of get together and, and have a bite to eat and get to know each other. So I encourage all of our uh, guests and uh, church members, if you haven't, uh, want to know more about that, please join us this Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Praise the Lord. I want to also uh, make mention there's a few other uh, things happening throughout our schedule. I want to highlight a few items. We know we have our uh, Systems and Strategies Conference uh, coming up here. Yes, in January. However, there is early registration that will open up on October the 16th. And I do encourage all of you to, to sign up for that. Basically, Systems and Strategies is a conference for pastors, volunteers, leaders, and staff where we'll be examining systems and strategies for apostolic churches to help prepare for the harvest. So as I think about that, the question really isn't, am I a pastor, am I a leader, or am I currently a staff member? The question really is, what is it in my God-giving ability that I have, yet, I have not yet uncovered to help advance the kingdom? That's really the question. So I encourage you to seek that answer at this conference here. So again, it's early registration is coming up here on the 16th. I encourage you to look up and, uh, and register for that. I want to also make mention to our 40th church anniversary, also coming up in March next year. And I'm giving you all these dates because we want you to be in the place for these very important uh, events going on here at Church of Pentecost, celebrating our pastor. Can we give Brother Olson just a little bit of love this morning? 40 years. Praise God, giving us an opportunity, a place to worship. That's all the uh, announcements that I have uh, this morning. We can go ahead and have our ushers to make their way. As they're coming, uh, you know, last week we had our missions uh, banquet where we uh, prayed and we seek the Lord for uh, faith promise. And as we know, faith promise is an opportunity or, or vehicle that uh, we use to, to continue to further the gospel to missionaries and uh, those that are trying to spread God's work all over the world. So because of your giving, because of your, your commitment, that monthly faith uh, commitment, none of the funds stay here. Uh, we have uh, our faith commitment um, is $9,943.75 on a monthly basis that we'll be able to send out. Yes. Can we just give the Lord a round of applause? Thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm also excited to hear about all the, uh, all the testimonies that come out of us making a commitment to see what the Lord wants to do or what he wants to funnel through us to help someone else or to help further the kingdom. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, shall we, with this morning's offering. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness this morning. We thank you for your love and your kindness as we bring our tithes and our offerings to you, Lord, to give back to you from the abundance of blessings you've given to us. We thank you for blessing our homes, our families, our jobs, our businesses with growth and prosperity. Lord, you've allowed us to have favor with those that we work with and those that we work for. We marvel at your generosity as it is overflowing and it overwhelms us. And we agree that everything that we have is a gift from you. We ask you, Lord, that you will multiply our gift and bless it and keep it, Lord God, for the effective work, for the advancement of the kingdom. 
And may our giving be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In your precious and holy name we pray, in Jesus' name. Can we just put our hands together one more time and just honor the Lord. God bless.
In the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. God. Lord, bring in your spirit to move in a mighty way, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you would stand for a few more moments, uh, man, as we read the word of God today, I just want to say it's good to see everyone in the house of the Lord. Amen. God has something for you today. I said, God has something for you today. Amen. Already we felt the pre- His presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Through prayer and through song, and, and uh, God wants to move in your life today in some marvelous way if you'll just believe and respond. Respond to what God does. Amen. And God will do a work in your life today. We're going to read a familiar verse of, uh, verses of Scripture found in Second Chronicles, the 7th chapter. And we will start with the 12th verse. Uh, it says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. Amen. For a few moments here today, I want to speak on this thought, how healing flows. How healing flows. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, it is, whether we understand it or not, uh, uh, there is a need for healing to flow into our physical, mental, and spiritual lives. We all need that. Uh, uh, It doesn't take too long uh, for you as uh, a human being to understand that God, uh, that we need the healing uh, of God in our lives. We need some sort of touch for our existence. Uh, I was in the Walmart the other day as I'm uh, occasion to go, and uh, I was in there, and this little child, probably about I don't know, two years old, was uh, on the floor and kind of grabbing his mother's leg and crying because he wasn't getting something he wanted. Ever been there? Whether it was you were the child or whether you were the parent. Amen? And so there is uh, in our lives, all of us, that little child that is saying, I need something. This is what I desire in my life. And so I want to speak a few moments here this morning how that healing that we need flows into our lives. I will tell you the most important aspect of your life is your spiritual life. 
You may not see the importance of that, but I'm telling you today, whether you believe me or not, uh, your spiritual life and the healing uh, that can flow to it is the most important thing in your life. It says in the th- uh, third John, the first chapter in the second verse, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's an important scripture. I am telling you that your soul and it prospering decides, is tied to all the other healings, all the other prospering that may happen in your life. It says in Matthew 16 and 26, Jesus said, for what profit is a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What the Lord was trying to say, Jesus was trying to say to us is that the most important thing is your soul, is your spiritual life. Because not only will it be affected, uh, your life will be affected here on earth, uh, but your eternity will be affected. What happens in eternity is determined by whether your soul has uh, the touch of God in it as it ought to have. And so it's the most important thing. You know, all your troubles in life are going to be over when you're laying in the casket. Every problem you got, every situation, family deal, job related, you know, when you're, you're laying there, uh, I know you're not there, but your body's laying there, it's over. All the problems of this world, uh, but what comes after all of that, uh, which we call eternity, uh, is what's really important. Because the rest of your existence will uh, be uh, lived in that time that we call eternity. You know, the devil gets people to sell their soul for very little. Very little. I mean, when you think about that, what you might gain... Uh, by living the way that the devil wants you to live, uh, uh, you really get very little out of all that. It says in Hebrews 11 and 25 in the King James, it says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, this is talking about Moses and how that he decided not to be uh, the uh, grandson of Pharaoh, but that he decided to be with his people that were suffering, the people of Israel that God was soon going to take out of Egypt. He decided that that was more important uh, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I found that there is a lot of guilt and shame that comes with sin and very little pleasure. Very little pleasure. Because, you know, it just lasts for a few moments, a few 
fleeting moments uh, and then uh, all the guilt and the shame and the consequences uh, happen in our lives. And so it is so important uh, that we allow our life to prosper and especially our soul to prosper so the rest of our life may prosper. You know, when you think about the guilt and shame that comes with sin, amen, it's why there's such a need for our mental state to be healed. I find people are troubled all the time. I find that troubling, if I wanted to, if I allowed it to be so, I would be talking to somebody every day about the troubles of their lives. Amen. You say, you don't do that every day? No, I don't do that every day. I got to stay sane. <laughs> but people are troubled in their thought processes and their life and how it's going and not going. And, and uh, uh, you know, I know uh, that if I will just please the Lord, then things will be much better in my mental life, in my spiritual life. Uh, it says in Proverbs 16 and 7, when a man's way please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You want healing to flow into your life? Where things are healed and your mind is healed and your body is healed, uh, amen, and especially your soul is healed. Just be at peace through pleasing God. It says in Philippians 4 and 11, not that I speak in reg uh, regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Uh, I know how to be abased. I know how to, to abound everywhere in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to be abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul writing to the Philippian church, and he says, I know how to have good times and bad times. I know how to deal with all that stuff. I, I know that it happens, and it happens to all of us. You know, it's a lie from the devil that you have the worst life in the world. You could look at your neighbor and say, you got a pretty bad life, and it would be true. Sure, because this life is a testing ground. And we're just trying to go through the struggles to, for God to perfect us uh, and, and to bring healing into our lives so that, that he is, our eternity will be different uh, than what the devil wants our eternity to be. And so Paul said, I've learned to be content. How much stress do we bring into our own life by our thought processes? Thinking about this, and it could be better, or it could be worse, or, or, or things are, you know, it just goes on and on in the scenarios that we, we speak in our, our thought process. And the Paul said, I've learned how to be abased, I've had to bound, uh, to suffer need, I've learned to be full, I've learned to be hungry. 
I'm going to tell you why people aren't content. One of the definitions of content is to limit oneself in requirements, desires, or actions. Oh, boy, a limit myself? Why would I want to limit myself? So your life would be healed, that's why. You limit yourself to what God wants for you instead of what you want for you. I've lived a while. As I said, you know, of course, I was uh, uh, a child preacher when we started this church <laughs> 40 years ago. I've lived a while. I've watched a few things. I, I've seen things happen in, in my life. And I, I find that if you'll just submit your will to the will of God and ask God to have control of your life, that you're going to have a pretty good life. I know things are connected to our abilities and our giftings and, and, and all of the, those things. But whatever God has to work with, uh, if you will allow him to have his will and way in your life, it will bring healing and great things will happen, uh, and especially your eternity. You know, we all have stop signs and roadblocks in our lives if God is trying to have his way. The problem is most of us just blow right past them. Like they weren't even there. Didn't even see them. The reason the Lord said in, in our text, uh, you know, uh, he says, uh, when I shut up heaven with no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or, or send pestilence among why do you think God does that? Because he just mean and he just doesn't like you and he just wants to inflict pain on your life? No, God does that because he tries to channel our life in a direction so that the healing of God can be on us and we can change directions. You know, sometimes you just need to change direction. Sometimes you just need to go up higher. No pain, no gain. God's trying to take you somewhere and you're fighting. God doesn't do things to bring about sorrow in our lives for no reason. God thinks because he's trying in his loving mercy and kindness to get us to a place that we understand we need him and that we will follow him. You know, the trick is to be content but not satisfied. Sad to see. I see a lot of people are satisfied in their lives. See, satisfaction is not wanting to improve. Contentment is waiting for God to bring the improvement. Do you understand the difference? Waiting on God. When you're contented where you're at, it doesn't mean that you don't want to go higher. You don't want good things to happen. You just wait on God to accomplish those things. 
I've found out that God doesn't give me stuff I don't need. Now, I may give me myself things I don't need, but God doesn't. God doesn't because he cares about us. He wants us to stay away from as much trouble as we can. He wants to heal our minds. He wants to heal our bodies. He wants to heal our spirit. He wants those things in our lives. You know, when you look at the Apostle Paul and the trials that he suffered, In fact, in the 11th chapter of 2 Corinthians, he goes a list. I'm not going to bring them out to you today. You can go and read them yourself. Might give you a chance to read your Bible. But he lists all the stuff he goes through, all the suffering. He suffered with everything. then you can know that when he wrote to the Philippian church, he understood about the good times and the bad times. He ended up in jail thinking probably just like you and I think that I've missed God's will in my life. I should be out there winning souls. I should be out there doing all this when God's will for him was for him to write letters that you and I can read right today, thousands of years later. That was God's will. And that's more powerful than all the sermons he could have preached out there because we can't grab them and bring them to us, but we can get these. Wow. Acts 24 and 16 says, Then wherein do I exercise myself uh, to have a, always a conscious void of offense towards God and towards men? I will tell you that probably one of the top ways the devil tries to destroy people is through offense. It's right up there at the top. It's not at the top. You and I have reasons to be offended probably every day. Somebody did something or said something or, or looked at me funny or, or my circumstances. I will tell you that you choose whether to be offended or not. You choose. And I will tell you, the person that is offended goes through far worse than the person that they're offended at. If you have offense in your heart against someone for whatever reason, why don't you let the Spirit of the Holy Ghost flow into your life today and heal your mind? You just let God sort it out. Who's right, who's wrong, or if you both had a part. Who cares? So, finished, Solomon had finished praying in our text. 
He prayed for the temple. And he said, as he was praying there, God came to him and spoke to him. And, and, and Solomon had gone through all these scenarios of how people might fail God and how he would bring judgment. And he, and he ends up with saying, you know, that uh, if they will pray in this place, talking about the temple that they had built, then God hears them if they pray. And so in the 14th verse, which we have read many times and people have preached on many times, he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We definitely need our land healed today. But this is where all healing flows from, this portion of Scripture. First step is submitting ourselves to God, turning our will over to Him. That's not easy to do. You know, God's given us a strong will. You know, God gave it to us. That's what I tell my wife when she doesn't like it. You know? Not really. God's given all of us a strong will. We have one. Every one of us. Somebody says, ah, I don't have the willpower. Baloney. <laughs> you just don't want to use it. But he's given that for a reason, so that we wouldn't be run over by others, or even the one, the enemy of our soul, cannot run over us. But God is the only one that knows what the problem is that in our life and how to heal it. He's the only one. And so you just got to turn it over to him. You got to say, Here, here's my will, not what I want, not what I think's right, not what I feel like is, is good, but your will, Lord. Because God's will, if it is accomplished, will bring about the right and the healing result. It will. And then the next thing, after we turn our will over to God, we humble ourselves before God, then we are to seek His face when we pray. In other words, to seek His help. God, I need your help in my life. I need you to work. I need you to do something here. I need you to bring healing into my life. Whatever the problems are, if you ask God, if you seek his face about those things, he can work. And I will tell you the answer of the Lord sometimes is no. Because he's doing a work. I don't understand all of that always. I don't understand why God does or doesn't do things. But I know if I submit my will to him and I seek his face, that he's going to do what he wants to do. And whatever he wants to do is the best thing for me. Because it's his ultimate desire 
for us one day to live with him in heaven. That's what his desire is for your life, for your life. He wants you to live in heaven with him, but that's up to you whether you submit your will and you seek his face. Of course, the next thing is to turn from all those things that are bringing problems in your life. You know, sin is what brings problems into our life. And that's what repentance, true repentance is all about, is admitting that there are sins or problems and turning away from being involved with them. It says in 2 Peter 2 and 22, but it, is, uh, it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. So the problem is people keep going back to the mire. That's the problem. But if you truly repent, you're going to stay out of the mire. You're going to quit doing those things that bring consequences. You know, God's laws are all about telling you what is destructive to you. God in His love has written all this stuff down so that you and I might understand what is causing the problems. And if you just stay away from what's causing the problems, you quit having the problems. See, the healing comes when we submit to God's ways and we seek his face and we repent. Then the healing can flow through God's spirit into our life. John 14 and 26 says this. Jesus said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The King James uses the word comforter instead of helper, but they're both actable because the Holy Ghost comforts us and helps us. That's why we need the Holy Ghost in our lives. You say, Pastor, I don't really know about having the Holy Ghost. Well, if you'll read the second chapter of Acts, you'll find where they got the Holy Ghost. And it happens the same today as it did back then, is as the Spirit of God gives the utterance you know, or the ability to speak you speak in another tongue, and that's the sign that the Spirit of God has come into your life. You say, another tongue, what does that mean? Another tongue than the tongue you know, or the tongues you know. You may know several languages, but it will be one that you don't know. And that Spirit, 
when it comes into our life, it helps us, amen, and it comforts us, and it brings help in every need of healing in our lives. And then as Jesus said in the 27th verse, it brings peace. I'm going to tell you, probably about half of our problems would go if we just have a little peace. Just get some peace. The reason we are so upset sometimes, the reason things are not working out for is because we just don't have any peace. We're just weighing things. Should I do this? Should I do that? What? And so you know you're depending on yourself, and that hadn't worked out too good. But when you depend on God, and you let the Spirit of the Holy Ghost guide you, and you turn your will over to Him. Wherever He leads you will be right. It will be right. And you will be glad you went down that road. All this troubled mind and all this fear that's in our lives is not of God. Whether you need healing for your body or your mind or your soul, the healer, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost is ready to comfort and help you. The last verse of our text, it says this in the 15th verse. This is the Lord speaking. Now my eyes will be opened and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. I, was no, I know he was talking about the temple that, was, that Solomon had built. But I'm telling you, he's talking about this place too. He's talking about this sanctuary, this house of God. And if we decide in ourselves that we will humble ourselves and turn our will over to God and find a place of repentance where we say, God, I'm sorry for how I've lived my life, the wrong things that I've done, and I'm going to turn away from them. I'm not going to do them anymore. Then God can let his spirit bring healing into our lives. Do you want healing? Do you want your mind to be touched? Do you want your body to be touched? Do you want your soul to be touched? All of them are available if you will just allow God to do what God wants to do. Let's stand. I find that many times when mental anguish comes into my life, that if I just have enough sense to pray and talk to God and lay it out on the altar before Him, 
I'm not talking an altar, a physical place. I'm just talking about where you decide to pray and talk to God. I find that peace in whatever that troubling spirit might be. It flees. You know, I know that Sometimes we feel like that we just have to talk to somebody and that they will give us all the answers that are needed. Nothing wrong with talking to somebody. But my talking to people is very limited about my problems. So where do I go? Who do I talk to? Ah, it's because you don't have any problems. Nah. I talk to God. And you know that's available to you? I didn't know if you knew that or not, but that's available to you. I talk to God. And I ask him to intervene in my life. And, and whatever he does or doesn't do, it's okay with me. Because I know if I place myself in his hands, everything's going to be all right. Peace is going to come. I'm not going to be afraid, no matter what I'm facing. I want to give you opportunity this morning to come to this front area. We have designated this as a place where we pray. It's not the only place we pray, but it's, this is one of the places we pray. If you want healing today in any regard, whether it's your mind, whether it's your body, or whether it's your soul today, Healing is available. It will flow into your life if you just do the things God has spoken to us to do today. These altars are open this morning. If you're a guest, please come and pray with us. Amen. If you're a saint of God that's going to come and pray, why don't you invite somebody to come and pray with you? Just invite them to come and you'll pray with them. Amen. For the healing of whatever kind of healing you need today. Whatever kind of healing. I want healing in my life. Amen. God has given us the understanding for it to flow into our lives today. These altars are open for anyone to pray. Let's talk to him today.